So my question this morning is, are you digging a hole? Or more appropriately, are you digging or filling? Are you making it worse or making it better? Luke's gospel today that has the account of the rich man, this is, as I said, the beginning of Mass, could, could make a great short movie. So you hear this guy, he's got everything, and we even have an in, insight that he might be kind of a messy eater because he's slopping around the table, and right outside of his door is a guy who doesn't have anything. And he's in such bad shape that the dogs come and lick his sores. And it said he'd, he'd like to clean up the mess that, around the guy's table. They both die, and of course the rich man is buried, uh, but he really went to hell. And the other guy is taken to the bosom of Abraham, so he goes straight to heaven. Rich guy sees this, and I think that sometimes that that's a great uh, description of what heaven might be like, is we can kind of see what we shoulda, coulda, woulda, but now for eternity, we're not going to see that, and we see what we missed, the stupid stuff that we've done. And so we ask for help, but it's too late. It's too late. So are we digging or are we filling? And whether or not that is in terms of how we treat the poor and those who are less fortunate than themselves or our relationships, the fundamental thing is this, does it even bother us when other people are suffering? Does it make us nervous? Do we just kind of turn the page, shut the radio off, go on to something else because we just don't really deal with it? So the great line to me in this 16th chapter of Luke is uh, after he says, hey, give me a, give me a drink here, and Abraham says, moreover, between us and you, a great chasm is established. It's there. It's not going to be moved. It's established to prevent anyone from crossing who might wish to go from our side to yours or your side to ours. The rich guy, day by day, little by little, dug himself a chasm, a really deep one. You know, maybe somebody said to you before, you're digging yourself a hole. And what was it? Well, it was one of separation. It was one of avoidance. It was one of keeping a comfortable distance. I'm not going to get involved. It isn't my business. It's kind of like the biblical sense of what goes around comes around. You know, a lot of times we'll hear people say something like, well, what's it going to take? You know, and something bad happens and we kind of go, like take 9-11, you know, and then you, it's over and you say, well, what's it going to take to get people's attention? That's a good question. But it's not a good question vaguely out there. It's a question that we need to ask ourselves. What's it going to take to get my attention? Huh? But the past four weeks, we've been having gospels that I think are all about discipleship. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Not somebody who has pious thoughts, not somebody who's a Catholic or a member of a particular religion, but what does it really mean to follow Jesus? That's what these uh, scriptures are about. And it's interesting because the facts are there. A lot of times we try to figure out what's going on, but you know, really for us as Christians, the facts are here. Now, whether or not you want to pay attention to them, whether or not you want to follow them, of course, that's your own right. That's your own choice. That's, that's what's going on, but the facts are there. 
Let me give you an example. So for almost three weeks, we had that exhibit in the back of our church here about Eucharistic miracles. And I think I referenced last week that one of them uh, talked about the, the miracle, it wasn't that long ago, uh, where the host had turned to flesh and the people took it to a forensics lab, I told you this, and uh, ran tests on it. They didn't tell them what it was. And, and they said, oh, they thought it was like from an accident or something. And they said, well, this was cardiac muscle. It was cardiac muscle, fresh cardiac muscle. Now, you know, usually when you run your shin into something after a couple of days, it gets a scab on it and it dries and falls off. But this was fresh. Now, this miracle had happened sometime before that. So we have examples in our faith tradition, and yet people still don't get it. They still don't believe. What more do you want? That's what this gospel is about today, in my estimation. So we have a 2,000-plus year history in our church, but we don't like to look at the truth. You know why? Because the truth changes us. If you really believe the truth changes you, you can't live the same way once you come to own the truth. So therefore, we do all kinds of other things. We skirt around it, we avoid and rationalize, we make things political, we get into orthodoxy debates about things that kind of let us off the hook. We just don't want to deal with the truth. So when it comes to the church, it's things like all my excuses, what I want, or, or why church hop, or parish hop, or I, I go someplace where they talk about things that I agree with, you know. Um, nobody's going to tell me what to do, even if it's Jesus. Even if it's Jesus. Or, let's take a, a hot-button topic like the poor or the immigrants, and we say, well, they're illegal, they're, they're freeloaders, they can work like everybody else. Uh, gosh, I don't hear any of that kind of a response in the scriptures at all. But because we don't want to deal with the truth that there are brothers and sisters, therefore, we don't have to do anything. And the perfect example recently is the uh, flying all those uh, foreigners to Martha's Vineyard. They were here legally. Problem of it was is their color was the wrong, their skin was the wrong color. We don't want to deal with the truth. And then when it comes to how we practice our faith, you know, I am just astounded by the bald-faced excuses parents give me about why their kids aren't in church. Well, Father, you really can't expect that from them, or they're really busy, or, you know, if you, if you really push them, they're going to hate this. You know, you push them to brush their teeth and go to school and go to practice and all kinds of other things, but we can't do that with, with sports or any, all these other kinds of things, but we can't do that with Jesus. Keep digging. Keep digging, and you're going to find yourself in a hole. Several months ago, I shared with you what I read in an article about generational fade. Do you remember that? So really what it talked about was uh, in an earlier time, uh, we just did the things we needed to do because they, we were disciplined. Okay? This is what discipleship has as a central part of that discipline, huh? So we went to church. And then it'd get to the point that we would, people would say, well, you know, we missed a couple times, but it's not a big deal. And then the next time we'd come along, they'd say, well, you know, um, you know, we go when we can, God will understand. 
And then later on, we get it to the Christmas and Easter people, which that we go to the important times. And then they say, well, we used to go, and then we never go. And it's interesting because it's always the church or the pastor or the pope or something else. They never deal with the truth because church isn't about us. It's about Christ. But we just keep digging and digging and digging. See, the thing of it is, for us as human beings, we are either excavating, we're either digging, or we're building bridges and we're filling in. But we're not just doing nothing. It's impossible. So as I've said before, we're either slowly, imperceptibly getting a little closer to God or slowly, imperceptibly getting a little further away, but we never stay the same. It's just impossible for us, okay? So it's kind of like uh, one time when I got into a regimen of, of going to a gym and meeting with the trainer, you know, so the first time you do legs, some of you will know what that's like, <laughs> and then you wake up the next morning and you can't move, you know. Well, I did legs once, and you don't go back to doing it. It doesn't work that way. Well, neither does our faith. So we've got the perfect example of the rich guy. And it wasn't really that he was that overly wealthy. The fact of the matter is, is he was really unaware and uncaring about everything that was going on around him. And that happens to us. We're busy, we're focused, we got a lot going on and blah, blah, blah. And pretty soon, we're just digging and digging and digging. So what about us? In the gospel today, this guy got to the point that it was irreversible. When he asked for help, Abraham said, no, sorry, can't get there, can't get there. Irreversible. It's the truth. One day it will be irreversible. So how about us? How about me? How about you? Are we digging? Are we digging holes or building bridges? One thing is for sure. It's one or the other.